It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, April 1st. This is your KVMR Evening News. Up ahead on the California Report, TurboTax parent company, Intuit, has come under fire for misleading ads, with some claiming the corporation is knowingly deceptive in its marketing. And state lawmakers want cannabis producers to put health warnings on their products. The push comes after a significant increase in emergency room visits for cannabis-induced psychosis, following California's legalization of pot. We'll take a look at local news and weather before Felton Pruitt sits down with Tim Bloom from the Mother Hips. The band plays tonight at the Center for the Arts in downtown Grass Valley. This is the California Report. I'm Alex Hall in Fresno. Well, tenants still waiting on rent relief have more time before their landlords can evict them. The legislature voted Thursday to extend eviction protections through June 30th. That came just hours before the safeguards were set to expire. The new legislation, which will take effect immediately, prevents landlords from evicting tenants who have applied for emergency rent relief from the state. And free and free and free and free and free not about your damn free and get your down damn free and free in here for free free. This is a TurboTax commercial that you won't be seeing on TV this tax filing season. The FTC has filed a legal complaint against TurboTax's Mountain View-based parent company Intuit. The complaint says the ads are misleading and that a lot of people who log on to TurboTax thinking they won't have to pay to file end up getting charged anyway. The California Report's Mary Franklin Harvin spoke with ProPublica reporter Justin Elliott, who's been covering this story for several years now. Justin, can you just start by telling me some of the ways in which ProPublica has documented Intuit being knowingly deceptive in the way it handles both its website and its advertising of this free file program? Sure. So, you know, our coverage of this really ramped up a few years ago. And what we found is that there were a lot of people, actually millions of Americans, who clicked on ads or saw marketing that was claiming that they could file for free on TurboTax. And then once they you know, got halfway or three quarters of the way through trying to file, a screen would pop up and say, actually, given your tax circumstances in order to continue and finish the filing process, you have to switch to a paid edition and pay us 75 bucks or 125 bucks or something like that. At one point, Intuit had actually added computer code to the website of a version of TurboTax that was truly free informing search engines like Google not to include that truly free version on search results. So if you, at that point a few years ago, if you just Googled like TurboTax free, the results would only show you the commercial versions in which you would often have to end up paying. And the kind of truly free version was deliberately hidden. Uh, They changed that after we reported that, but that's just one example. And is there any way to quantify how much money Intuit has made using these sort of diversionary tactics? One of the inspector generals for the Treasury Department looked at this a couple of years ago and found that in one year, 14 million Americans paid for tax prep software like TurboTax that they could have gotten for free. And we estimated 
at ProPublica that that amounted to around a billion dollars in extra revenue coming in for Intuit and H&R Block and other tax software prop companies. Hmm. And you and ProPublica also point to, in this reporting, the ways in which the IRS has enabled these dynamics to exist. Right. So one of the features of the tax prep industry and this whole question in the U.S. going back at least 30 years now has been the industry led by Intuit, which is the, the biggest player, spending a lot of money on lobbying and campaign donations to ensure that the IRS does not make tax filing easier on its own because obviously the TurboTax business model relies on it being difficult to file your taxes directly with the government because most people don't want to print out PDFs and figure out how the tax forms work. In many other developed countries, there are easy and free ways to file your taxes through the government. And in some countries, they even will just send you a tax return that's pre-filled out with with the data that the tax authority already has, as the IRS does. But that's something that the industry, including Intuit, has has lobbied against very vigorously for, for years at this point. That was the California Report's Mary Franklin Harvin talking with ProPublica reporter Justin Elliott. State lawmakers want legal cannabis producers to put health warnings on their products, similar to the ones you see on tobacco products. As KQED's health correspondent April Domboski reports, the primary goal of the new bill is to warn young people of the mental health risks of smoking pot. Kevin Bright was a straight-A student and a classical pianist when he started smoking pot. He was 15. His father, Bart, says when Kevin smoked more, he became psychotic. Voices in his head were threatening him, berating him, and making him angry. After California legalized pot, emergency room visits for cannabis-induced psychosis went up 54 percent. Dr. Lynn Silver blames higher concentrations of THC. Today's turbocharged products are turbocharging the harms associated with cannabis. The proposed bill would require cannabis products to carry rotating warnings about health risks like this. They would have to be set against a bright yellow background and take up a third of the front of the package. Business owners say this is excessive, expensive, and ineffective. Lindsay Robinson runs the California Cannabis Industry Association. We're not allowed to sell to children. We're not allowed to advertise to children. We have clear warnings on the labels, whereas the illicit industry has none of that. Robinson says lawmakers should be focusing on curbing the unregulated market instead of putting more burdens on legal businesses. The bill faces its first legislative hearing on Monday. For The California Report, I'm April Domboski. Support for The California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. The California Healthcare Foundation, working to build a more effective, compassionate, and just healthcare system on the web at chcf.org health equity. And the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. And that's the California Report for Friday, April 1st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer and Katie McMurrin, with assistance from Seal Muller and Jim Bennett. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin, Azul Dahlstrom Ekman, and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. 
Our executive editor is Ethan Toven Lindsay, and our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Alex Hall. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. Now let's take a look at regional news. Nevada County Public Health reports five new confirmed COVID-19 cases today. Two people are hospitalized. For the first time in more than two years, UC Davis Health says its hospital has no COVID-19 patients in the intensive care unit for two consecutive days. The first COVID patient arrived in UC Davis Health's ICU in February 2020, and the unit treated at least one positive individual every day for at least 761 consecutive days. Powerful storms in October and December couldn't carry California through the wet season. According to the California Department of Water Resources, the statewide snowpack is just 38% of the historic normal for the date. Today, even more dramatic figures came in from reports at Phillips Station near Sierra at Tahoe. Water officials, performing the final snowpack measurement of the water year, found a snow depth of two and a half inches and snow water equivalent of just a single inch. This snow water equivalent amount represents only 4% of the historic average for the April 1st survey. Poor rain and snow totals for the winter months means another year of drought. Department of Water Resources Snow Survey Manager Sean DeGuzman says, quote, This past January, February, and March have been actually the driest period on record in the Sierra Nevada in over a hundred years. During that period, California has only received about half the amount of rainfall recorded in comparison to 2013, which ended up turning into the driest calendar year on record, end quote. Statewide snow levels are a profound disappointment after snowstorms smashed records in December. California's snowpack had been at 154% of normal by January 1st. Then it withered to 93% by February 1st and to 64% by March 1st, before today's 38%. All 17 of the state's reservoirs are below their historic average for March 31st, according to the state water officials. On March 15th, downtown Sacramento finished an unprecedented 66-day run without recorded rainfall. According to Weather Service records, dating back to 1858, it's been the driest January to March stretch in Sacramento history. This reported by the Sacramento Bee. Authorities say a Grass Valley man facing several charges, including robbery, has been linked to ghost guns and body armor. 54-year-old Nye Andrew Petros remains jailed on multiple charges including assault with a deadly weapon, being a felon in possession of firearms, illegally possessing body armor, burglary, and criminal threats. Authorities say Petros was identified on February 9th as a suspect in a West Hill Road assault and theft over an illegal marijuana sale. On Wednesday, authorities served another search warrant at a storage facility Petros used. There they found 13 firearms, including one short-barreled rifle and two ghost guns, thousands of rounds of ammunition, and sets of body armor. Bail is currently set at $100,000. This reported by the Union of Grass Valley. UBINET reports a prescribed burn is scheduled this weekend for the Lake Vera area. Saturday, a burn will take place on New Rome Road. And Sunday, First Rain Farm off Rock Creek Road is expected to conduct a prescribed burn. A voter education event will be held at Nevada City's Rood Center on April 4th from 3.30 p.m. to 5 p.m. 
Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech, Beyond Vietnam, will be read. The event is being held at Nevada County's Administration Building. Now let's take a look at our regional weather. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight mostly clear with a low around 44. Saturday, sunny with a high near 70. Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 70. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 30. Saturday, cloudy with a high near 59. Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 57. The National Weather Service has issued a special weather statement for the Truckee-Tahoe area. Expect gusty winds with blowing dust and choppy lake conditions on Sunday and Monday. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, mostly clear with a low around 47. Saturday, sunny with a high near 80. Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 80. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Stay tuned. Felton Pruitt speaks to Tim Bloom from the Mother Hips. We're talking with Tim Bloom from Mother Hips, who are coming into our town tonight and playing at the Center for the Arts. The Moore Brothers are going to be opening up at 8 o'clock, and then Mother Hips hit the stage, and that's always been a fun time. Tim, good to talk with you again. Nice to talk with you too, Felton. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a nice long journey. I seem to remember, I think we started doing interviews about 1996 or something, and here we are in 2022. Wow, still still on our feet. Yeah, very cool. With a brand new album out, Glowing Lantern. What good is a lantern if it's not glowing, I guess? Well, like the potential for it to glow, perhaps. But There um, you go, yeah. yeah. The anticipation and the hope. It explains why you chose Glowing Lantern as the title for the new album for Mother Hips. It was a theme that came up in a couple of the lyrical, you know, the content of some of the songs. And that's always a a good place to look for an album title, you know, any kind of recurring theme or motif. And it seemed like, you know, the way that the world feels to a lot of us these days, it just feels like having some hope or some a bright spot would be a pleasing concept for, for most of us, so it certainly was for Greg and I. Well, for uh, having a band, too, that has survived for well over 25 years is, is quite an achievement. Congratulations on that from Other Hips. Thank you very much. Yeah, it feels nice. It's, it is an achievement for us. It feels good. And you and Greg Loyacano, you guys started this band, and you're still together. Yeah, we, we still are very close friends. We, we have been for over 30 years now, and it's, it's a cool opportunity to get to know someone really well i'll bet yeah we've just we see you know we see eye to eye on enough things almost everything really we've we've just kind of grown up together in in a lot of ways i mean we didn't meet until we were about 19 but we've just gone through so much of life side by side and it's it's a really special thing we're both really grateful for our friendship I'm trying to remember where, where I remember Mother Hips starting. I think it was in the Chico area, wasn't it? That's correct. Yeah, we met at the dorms at Chico State in 1989. Oh we my. were both going into uh, creative writing majors at that time. And we were he was a really good guitar player, and I was had some experience singing. So we were a good match. He wanted to learn how to sing harmonies, and I wanted to learn more about how to play guitar. And so we just sat around, smoked a lot of weed, and just played played a lot of music together. 
Well, it could have been the Tim and Greg band, but you came up with Mother Hips. Where did that come from? We had tried a few other band names. You know, coming up with a band name even that many years ago was already slim pickings and um, one of the most challenging things that bands have to do, I would say. And we didn't know what to call ourselves. We had a, a previous band that was called Allie and the Cats. A lady named Allie Weiss was the, the front lady of the band. And um, when we wanted to start more of a rock band, we just wanted to sing ourselves. We really wanted to do that kind of male close harmony thing. And we didn't have a name. And I think we, were, we started to play backyard parties and we, were, we needed a name because people needed to know who we were. And we never even discussed using just our names. I don't know why that was just not cool back then. I don't know if it's cool now either. But <laughs> we played once under the name the, the Barn Daddies, which is obviously needed to be changed immediately. And we had another band name called Pippi Longstocking in the Trunk of Funk. I like that. Very, <laughs> I like uh, that. It's, it was clearly not suitable. <laughs> and so I had recently written a song called Mother Hips, which just sort of talks about the girl I was really into at the time. And she had these nice, you know, nice figure. I was only 19 to my, to my defense. Not very, very experienced. But that was one of our best songs, and it was called Mother Hips. And so I just said, well, why don't we just call it the Mother Hips and the rest and, is history, I guess, huh? Yeah, yeah. Once you once you get a little bit of notoriety with a, your name or your brand, you, it's you kind of want to stick with it. So we've kind of that's just kind of been what it is. Well, I can tell people that the song "Mother Hips" is on the album "Shootout," which you put out back in 1996, and to this day, it's still one of my, I think, one of them, a really beautiful song. So people should check it out. Thank you very much. Let's talk about some of the tunes on the new album, Glowing Lantern from Mother Hips, like the one I love. Talk about I Wish the Wind. That was one that Greg and I collaborated quite a bit on this album, more than we have in the past. But that was just one of those little tunes that I just kind of came up with on an acoustic guitar, as you can tell. And we kind of needed a couple more songs to complete the album, and that was one I suggested. And we recorded it and it came out really well and and everyone seemed to to like it so just a song about i mean it's pretty self-explanatory but just kind of wishing that the world was a gentler kinder place sometimes are there songs on here that uh talk about covid or, or were inspired because of lockdowns and things like that um not i no not really there there's we're making a new record right now. I'm just taking a break from mixing it right now. But um, the next record has a little bit more of that in there. I mean, we try to stay away from current events and topical things for the most part, I'd say. But it, the the process of it was definitely influenced by the lockdown. We weren't playing any shows, of course, as all bands were not. And it was a good time to try to make a record. So Greg and I would go on hikes together outdoors and just sit down somewhere nice and play each other um, voice memos from our phones and kind of share what ideas we'd been working on at home. We had a lot more time to 
get together either virtually or outdoors or just talk on the phone. So we, we ended up spending a lot of time talking about the music. And then eventually we were able to sit down together and play some guitar together, you know, outdoors or after we'd been tested or whatever. So it was, yeah, the process definitely was was um, a lot different this time just because we had so much free time. Well, one of the songs is called Sunset Blues. Maybe that was something that came out while you were out on one of your hikes with Greg. Yeah, Greg had a bunch of lyrics that he just gave me, like a big page of lyrics, and I kind of, he said, do whatever you want with these. So I kind of took most of his words and kind of rearranged them and added some of my own. And um, that song is about taking walks, taking a walk. (laughs) Talk about a song off the new album that you're real happy about. Well, I... I like the way that Clay Mask Clown is kind of like the, the, the real rocker on that album. And it, it's, it's not a very pleasant song in terms of subject matter, but it was, I'm happy with the way it came out and I'm happy that I was able to express some of those thoughts and experiences that I was having. So that one, it's, that one, that one feels good, came out well. We're talking with Tim Bloom from Mother Hips. They're playing at the Center for the Arts this evening. Before I let you go, Tim, i got to ask you one last question. One of my favorite uh, things that you've ever done is when you were doing a band called Broke Down in Bakersfield. Are are there any thoughts of maybe revisiting that? Yeah, there has actually been some talk about that. I'm not sure how realistic it is, but I think think we're getting closer to maybe having a, a, a little reunion of that band it was sure fun it was it was a great a great experience and some of my favorite music that you know we were just playing mostly classic country covers and it's just such a good band and um yeah we kind of took a break there and we made a live record which came out pretty well and it it would be really fun to try to try to do it again i love to i encourage people to check out that record because it's fantastic and and i I just didn't love the whole idea of broke down in bakersfield was was brilliant so (laughs) thanks we've been talking with tim bloom from mother hips tonight at the center for the arts we'll see you all out there thanks for your time tim all right see you tonight thanks again That's our newscast for this Friday, April 1st. Head over to kvmr.org to catch up on anything you may have missed in tonight's newscast. That's where you'll hear the extended version of Felton's interview with Tim Bloom from the Mother Hips. kvmr.org is where you'll also find information on KVMR's second annual Caravan of Love. Meet at the Rood Center in Nevada City this Sunday before the conga line of cars sets off at 1230. The vehicles will cruise through Nevada City and Grass Valley, sharing music and spreading good vibes. You can participate by joining the procession with your own vehicle or cheer on the cars as they pass through both downtowns. KVMR gets support from Mandavi Center, presenting political commentator and strategist Heather McGee, author of the recently published book, Some of Us, Sunday, April 3rd, 7.30 p.m. Tickets at mandaviarts.org. And Milkman Toner Company, providing local hometown service for network printers, copiers, and scanners. 
Carrying remanufactured toner cartridges with printer support. Serving Northern California counties and San Francisco to Lake Tahoe. MilkmanCompany.com Keep it tuned to your community radio station. At 6.30, it's Curtain Call with Cy Musiker and Holly Grimaldi Flores. A show that hopes to become your go-to reference, highlighting local arts and culture. Then at 7, we have Democracy Now! with host Amy Goodman. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. Thanks for tuning in this evening. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Thank you.